0: We are here with Monique Wells, who runs the Wells International Foundation, uh, which is a literacy initiative. Uh, Monique is from the U.S., but currently lives in Paris. Thanks for joining the Discourse podcast, Monique.
1: My pleasure, Jackson. A great pleasure to be with you.
0: My pleasure. To begin, what is the Wells International Foundation? How is it different from other literacy initiatives?
1: Well, first of all, the Wells International Foundation is a 501c3 organization, so a U.S. nonprofit domiciled in Houston, Texas, and literacy is only one of many things that we do. So we have a fantastic literacy initiative that we are working on in collaboration with the Houston Public Library uh, that focuses on um, bringing books and uh, instilling a love of reading in children grades K through three and we're focused on children of African descent in the Houston area and we started out our literacy initiative in a single branch of the Houston Public Library, which is the Johnson branch, which which is where I grew up reading. But as I said, the literacy initiative is only one of many things that the Wells International Foundation does. We have strategic focus areas in the arts, STEAM education, which is science, technology, engineering, arts and mathematics, um, travel and study abroad, women's empowerment, and something that most people won't understand, but um, it's near and dear to my heart, which is um, preclinical safety training and mentoring in developing nations. And so we have six areas in which we work and all of these are connected, if you will, or maybe not connected per se, but fall under the umbrella of education. So we're educating people through cultural programs, through educational programs, looking at the arts, looking at um, travel and study abroad. to help women and persons of African descent reach their fullest potential and become the best global citizens they can be. And why these uh, specific programs? I've chosen them all because they are all personal and or professional passions of mine. And it's time in my time of life, um, I am an accomplished professional woman and I'm just I'm just wanting to give back in as many ways as I can, and the beautiful thing about Wells International Foundation programs and projects, and I like to call us WIF for short, W I F, because to say Wells International Foundation too many times you get tongue tied, um, <laughs> but uh, um, I've I've seen that as I launch into a particular project or program, naturally, many of the strategic focus areas come into play with that particular project. So for example, our inaugural event was an art exhibition that was held in Paris, France. And I launched that purely with the idea of doing something in the arts. But quite naturally, we added components to that such such that um, students from the University of Arizona came to Paris to create a digital app that works with the paintings and the works on paper that were shown in that exhibition. And five out of six of those students who came to Paris traveled abroad for the first time to come here and work on this project. So that was our Travel Study Abroad initiative wrapped into our arts event. and. Really, because they were doing a digital app. That's art and technology. So that was STEAM. And that was something that just happened. It wasn't planned. It was something that just happened. On the other side, not really the other side, but additionally, we had... K through 12 educators come here to learn how to integrate arts into the teaching of science and math, and that was supposed to be, um, it was conceived of as a STEAM project. So this sort of, it just sort of grew up organically, and then as a result of that exhibition, so many things have come forward. We had our first um, study abroad intern in 2016, thanks to that exhibition. Um, We're now working on a project where we are connecting an elementary school in Paris, France, with an elementary school in Knoxville, Tennessee, Knoxville being the birthplace of the artist whose work we exhibited in Paris in 2016. And those children in Knoxville are going to travel to Paris uh, in October. This is all very, very organic and um, it's just beautiful. But I have an idea and then I just sort of let things happen and all kinds of things are attracted to these projects and they make something that's even more whole, more synergistic, Um, and they they make a bigger whole, if I can say that.
0: Mm -hmm. And what made you go international now that you're based in Paris?
1: Well, it was just, again, quite natural. I live in Paris. I've lived here for over 25 years. My home is Houston. Um, To start a a US nonprofit, you need a home base, and so it it made sense to start it in Houston, Texas. But my my activities, and, and indeed, my entire outlook on life is global. And so, regardless of whether a project begins with a focus that's in a particular city. Um, I'm always looking for the, go- the global connection and it's quite natural. My whole life is, is local to global, if you will. And um,
0: mind elaborating um, how or why you say that your entire outlook on life is global? Is it because we're interconnected or because issues in America aren't just issues that happen in the States but in the world?
1: It's a little bit of all of that. Um, I grew up in a place where um, not necessarily the it's not necessarily the place that's important but I grew up in a a city in Texas where if you know anything about Texas, you know that a lot of people in Texas think that Texas is the best thing since sliced bread. And there's no need to ever leave Texas. Mm -hmm. And and indeed, you may not even leave your, your city. But here I am, a little African American girl who's reading in a library and imagining. So I read when I was quite young, a Tale of Two Cities. And I thought, okay, I'm going to London and I'm going to Paris, you know, and it's just always been a part of my mindset that I can go places and do things anywhere in this world. It's all accessible to me. And I got that through reading. And then um, years and years later, I decided that When I went to college and I studied French because French was the language that I learned to love from quite a young, a young age, I decided that I wanted to go someplace where I could speak French and French is not a language that's spoken readily or commonly, rather, in the United States. So I knew that I was gonna have to go somewhere in order to be able to do that. And it was just a natural thing. So it's just a part of my makeup, even if it was not necessarily a part of my environment. And even if I didn't necessarily have role models that were traveling or had this global mindset, for me, it was the most natural thing in the world that I would want to do things outside of my my home city, outside of my home state, outside of my home country.
0: Well, everything's bigger, not just in Texas. That's right, (laughs) that's right. And what were you doing before you started with?
1: So I am a veterinary pathologist and toxicologist. And I began my career in the United States. Um, I worked, after I finished graduate school, I worked veterinary school and graduate school. I worked at a diagnostic lab in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and they moved me out to California. And then I went to work for um, Chevron, which at that time had an environmental health center where they were assessing the safety of the various chemicals that they produce. And from there, I moved to Paris, France to work for a drug company. And um, I started with in 2015 because I was I needed to raise money to put on this art exhibition that I talked about earlier. So I was working as a consultant in preclinical safety after having worked at a drug company in France and then a cosmetics company in France. I started a consulting business in that field and was you know, happily working there. Um, when the recession hit, my business was devastated. All of my client base sort of evaporated, and I looked to reinvent myself while waiting for business to bounce back and started doing some coaching and training and also working with my husband in a travel planning service that um, serves visitors to Paris who are interested in seeing Paris reflected in their own interests. And I came across the work of the life and work of this artist, Buford Delaney, who um, I learned was buried in a grave, an unmarked grave in a cemetery outside of Paris. And I wanted to include his story in an article that I was writing. And thing led to thing. And um, I started a French nonprofit, actually, to raise money to place a tombstone at his grave. And I began blogging about him to raise awareness of his story and of the fundraising and fell in love with his life and his work and decided that the best way that I could honor him was to do an exhibition of his work in Paris which is where he spent the last 26 years of his life and in the effort to put that exhibition together I discovered that I needed big money money that I didn't have um, for myself or it you know of to, to be able to donate myself and um, needed to do a much bigger fundraiser than what I did for the tombstone and that's when it occurred to me that I could use a U.S. nonprofit to to collect the money to put on that show, and at the same time to unite many, many personal and professional passions. So that's kind of a long story, but that's actually the short version.
0: And with the issues that you deal with, uh, like literacy, are the issues? Um, pertinent more so in the United States or in the rest of the world?
1: Well, I think that literacy is important everywhere, obviously, but I'm focusing on literacy in um, Houston, Texas, because that's where I grew up reading. And that's where I think I have, <clears throat> excuse me, I have the best power of example to give to the, the community that, I, that I'm, I'm wanting to serve. Um, in other areas... We start programs or projects for, for different reasons, um, but it doesn't mean that the overarching purpose of that program does not have global appeal. We can only do so much. And sort of, again, I sort of birth these ideas and see where they can grow most naturally, most organically, to the best effect. Women's empowerment is is one of our strategic focus areas. And in that area, we're, we're looking at women leaders. And obviously, women leaders are important across the globe. But the events that we've done, we've done two leadership Communication and Creativity Workshops in Paris, one in 2016 and one in 2017 and we're working on an International Women's Day event that's going to take place in Paris in 2019 but we're inviting women from around the world.
0: And what about uh, in terms of literacy rates? Um, where is it lower? Uh, France or the United States?
1: I don't have some um, statistics on that, but I dare say that um, the literacy rates are lower in the U.S. First of all, we have a much larger population. Secondly, we have, um, so just in terms of, you know, absolute numbers, I would say that we probably have a lower lower literacy rate in the U.S. than in France. Also, if you look at the education system, if you compare the education systems, uh, I think that the U.S. sadly is is just lagging behind.
0: And what about um, nutrition? Is that an issue you deal with, or something related?
1: No, nutrition is not a part of what we're doing. Um, we really are focused on education um, in the various aspects that I've that I've mentioned. Obviously, nutrition plays a role in how well a person can learn, Um, but it's not something that we're focused on in and of itself.
0: And my final question is, here at the National Discourse, we're about publishing articles from both sides of the political and ideological spectrum to foster a mature and rational discourse nationwide. What's your reaction to the current state of political discourse?
1: Unfortunately, I think it's in a disastrous state. Um, I think that we can only go up from where we are currently. And in a way, sometimes you have to hit rock bottom, so to speak, before you can springboard up into something more positive. I would hope that we can't go much farther down than where we are right now. Um I, I think that I am a hopeful person, and I believe that there is hope for political discourse, but I think sometimes you just have to you have to crash and burn before the Phoenix rises from the ashes.-
0: Well, Monique Wells of the Wells International Foundation, thank you so much for your time. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you, Jackson.